Good evening and God bless and welcome to Hope Ministries or True Encounter here on Wednesday nights. We're excited to close out our series on practical prayer and more powerful prayer and prophetic flow. But tonight we're going to be entering that powerful, that practical prayer that truly is able to transform our situation, whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're going through, whatever earth is throwing at you, just know that heaven is awaiting with answers and responses to help you process what you're experiencing. Right now, if you're on Facebook, we ask you to please bring out your Bibles, bring out a notepad. If you have questions, we got Nicole in the back waiting to answer all your questions, right? Shout out to Nicole with the wisdom on the ones and twos. And we ask you guys that whatever it is that you want to receive tonight, leave a petition as well too. We want to pray for you guys. We want to make sure that you guys are receiving much more than just the words coming out of my mouth. We want to make sure that we are praying and covering you all. So guys, tonight's prayerful, powerful impact. Again, I cannot forget my podcast community. Shout out to you guys who are avid listeners to Hope Ministries. Obviously, you know this voice. This is your radio host, but we're here tonight with the whole entire team excited to give this message and this word and hopefully impacts you wherever you're listening to this right now. So, powerful and practical prayer. So, we learned last week what it meant to pray for other people intercession. Uh, you guys took that carried into Saturday, and I'm sure you carried it throughout your whole week when you are praying for other people and even your prayer partners. Tonight, I want to teach you guys how to pray for yourselves. I want to teach you guys how to pray over yourselves. I had a very interesting uh, thing happen to me today where I felt like God wanted me to live what I was about to preach, so obviously he does that, and threw me in the blender, so to speak. And I'm walking around working Instacart, and all of a sudden I get this like, pain right here in my knee. And I'm just like, okay, I don't know what this is. I know I played basketball yesterday. I feel like I hit by a truck. It's like, I'm, you know, I know I'm a little overweight, God, but don't, don't call me out like that. But something's going on over here. And I started to panic a little bit internally. Because so I'm like, yo, what if I just like, have like a blood clot and goes here and goes there like, in my lungs? I, I started thinking all these crazy things. And as I'm walking around the corner, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to think that. Let me just change, change the atmosphere. Let me change the whole game right now. And I'm like, Lord, you know what? I'm chosen by you. I'm marked by you. You called me by name. You've chosen me for this work. I know the enemy's after me. I know he wants to take something from me. I know he wants to rob, kill, and destroy me. I know he wants to somehow frighten me and intimidate me. So you know what? Let me catch him in the moment. Let me catch. You know what practical and powerful prayer is? Is catching the devil red-handed. You catch him trying to do something to tempt you, to anger you, to do whatever it is to incite sin. And for me, I was like, you know what, God? I'm going to take this as a simple moment to say, Ken, put your emotions aside and bring heaven to earth. What is my question to you tonight, if you can answer this internally, is when you're going through things, what's heaven saying about your situation? Someone rocked me with this one and they said, if heaven is all peace 24-7 all the time and we're in chaos, do we sometimes what happens, we start thinking that if I'm in chaos, the, heaven, the kingdom of heaven is going crazy. Like the angels are going all over the place. They're at peace. They're not, even, they're, not even, they're not even twitching. There's a peace that we need in a circumstance that truly, as the word says, Arlie, surpasses your understanding. You guys know what surpasses your understanding means? It means it surpasses your control. Control is a beautiful thing because you get to control everything. And everything comes out the way you produced it. 
but what if I gave you, let's just say I gave you, a big fan of iced tea growing up, I gave you iced tea mix, and when you went to go stir it, it came out as a different flavor. That would shock you, right? Because your mind is so glued and fixed on what you want to come out. But the crazy thing is, and every byproduct of faith starts off with, I don't control it, I don't know what's going to come from it, but I know the person who I'm saying it to will make it happen. That's the beauty of faith. So let's get right into it as far as the slides. The first slide is the definition of practical. So number one, it's, it says, of, of or, or concerned with the actual doing or use of something rather than theory and ideas. Let's break it down. It's got a little word. Let me break that down. So what practical is, it's not so much invested in how you conjure it up and how you thought about it and how much research and data and analytics you did. What it is worried about is you doing it. You know how many of us have recited biblical verses and we're saying them and then we're like, well, if I say it this way and if I say it at the storm, if I do a backflip saying we'll realize that. No, there is a conviction and a faith in your heart that makes it practical. And that's what makes you move. You see, when, I, when I, you read this definition, it's no longer about theories and ideas. Guys, theories and ideas have us where we're at in this country right now. Everything's theory, everything's conspiracy, everything's idea, everything's mindset, everything is mentality. When was the last time you spoke to somebody? And, 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 and I want you to look around your friends when you hear this question, and you hear that they want to do something, right? And you're like, you know, Kobe, I want to I do my own spinning glory. I want to spinning gloria. I want to make that. I want to do the Spanish version of what you're doing. And I tell her today. Then a year goes by, I'm like, you know what, spinning gloria, taking some hits. I'm going to do the next year. Next year, oh, spinning Gloria, well, you know, I, I'm Cairo and Luke, I can't do it. Here we go. I got the idea. I got the thought. I got the theory. I got all these things. But you're not doing anything. Practicality is do it. You got to pray and do it. You got to pray and say, I'm going to do it. I love it. I was talking to Stephen about this, and he admitted, you know, <clears throat> I happened actually last night with Nicolás. Yo, Nicolás, I got my Tuesdays. It's my therapy, basketball day. I get to relax. But he asked me to pray. And I'm like, I got to pray, but I low-key don't want to pray. So I was like, you know what, Nico, let's see if 7 p.m. is going to work. And honestly, our prayer was phenomenal. I loved it. I needed it. But sometimes we stay stuck in the thought of things. We stay in the battle. There's a battle happening in our mind. Like, I know what I have to do, but I don't want to do. Shout out to my guys in Bible study because Romans 7 is around the corner. And it's exactly what the whole Bible is about that chapter but practical it's not concerned with thinking things through it's like i'm gonna do it and we need that in this generation people say you know what god said i'm gonna do it god promised i'm gonna believe god god gave me that i'm gonna receive it let's go to the next slide so do you know what the first thing that stops us from actually taking practical steps of faith in our prayers is It's this. It's the mindset. You're waiting for an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist to confirm, to reconfirm, the affirm, the confirming of your confirmation of what you already know a thousand times. And then you want someone to say to you, Arlie, you got to do it. You got to do it. Here's how to do it. I'll show you. I'll do it for you. No. That whole thing of, well, I'm going to develop this thought process and how this happens and how we move this. Do you guys know that the devil sometimes creates a playground in your mind 
where you're like a little kid on the columpios and the swings, and you're just going back and forth, and you're like, well, yeah, I'm going to do it one day. You sit in it's like, whoa, but God's like, hey, why are we still in this phase? Because, oh, well, I, I heard from this preacher, and this is where, oh, I love this category. This is a category where you speak to the person who watches a million YouTube preachers. And they have no idea who to believe anymore. So they're like, well, he says not to eat. He says drink wine. He says make a backflip. He says lay down flat. I don't know how to pray anymore. When God is saying just pray, why are we focused on the extra? Why are we focused on the strategic way of doing things when he's telling you if you simply go, I will go with you? You know, so that's why what's become a relic of his time is us just moving. You know why? Because we move and we say, oh, you're supposed to go with sneak with boots on, not sneakers. Like, oh, my bad, bro. I didn't know we had to do that. Now, when you go to church, you have to go to church, you know, early in the morning, not late. Bro, what are we doing? Practical. He wants it to be practical. The mindset has to be renewed. This leads us to our next slide and our first practical prayer of the night, which is in Romans 12, 1 through 2. Nicole, if you can put it up there for me, please. For those watching and listening on the YouTube, on the on the podcast, please turn your Bibles to Romans 12, 1 through 2 in the Passion Translation. And I'm going to read it right here. It says, Beloved friends, what should our, our, our proper response to God's marvelous mercies be? To surrender ourselves to God, to be to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Everything we do. It's like, I love what he says, be a living sacrifice for him. Here's the problem. Well, how do you want me to sacrifice myself to you? Because I saw one guy do it this way, and the girl did it that way. And then he did this way. And then I saw, I don't know, I want to do, I want to do a, some kind of mix of that. Did you know each and every one of you have a unique life, a unique calling, unique everything? So Arlie can't step into my life. All this, let's just switch right now, Arlie, right? I'm going to go to your classes for you. I'm going to do all your classes. I'm going to go to your job. I'm going to show up. I'm going to get mad small. I'm going to walk in there and be like, hi, I'm Arlie. What's up, guys? You know, I'm here to, I'm here to help out. No, I'm, I'm here. And then you go to my house, and you're like, I'm going to wash these babies. I'm going to work Instacart, and I'm going to go teach on Wednesdays. Do you realize the complications that are going to come from that? But that's, that's, that's what happens with the mindset. Well, how do I do what Kenny does? It's ridiculous. No. You can do what you were made to do. You have that capacity. No one told you you had to preach on Wednesdays. God has given me a grace. When God said to me on the day we were going to find out about our babies, I have given you grace. Secret, Ken. He wasn't talking to Shermaine, to John, to Carlos. He was talking to me. But in the same way, in their conversations, he's talking to you about something. But you're thinking, but that's a big cross, man. I can't, it's just the Wednesdays. I got work, man. And and then Ken wants to do Bible study. And then he wants to, like, go on trips, man. This is too much. God didn't call you to do what Ken did. There's something that you have inside of you. And that relationship, combine it with the practicality of, oh, just go. Just believe. Just go by faith. The next slide is the most, I mean, the next verse is the most important part. He says this, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you would be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. 
Why do you think God is attacking the mindset already? Why do you think he's attacking the way we think and process things? Because when you're thinking and processing things too long, you know what's going to happen? Up, oh, it's over. The opportunity came and left. I guess I got to wait till next Sunday, until next Wednesday. I guess I got to do. You know why? Because that's the way religion works. That's the way cycles work. You can't think as far as the way the world does. Today we received an awesome inspirational word from Laura's sister. And she was saying, she goes, the way you grow and mature with God is different. It's different than what you see. You know, she's like, she told us, she goes, you're going to become a mother, right? And I know you're already thinking about becoming a mother. You're already thinking about when Kyra and Luca come here. You're already thinking about getting their food ready, everything ready. But what you haven't really processed yet is that you are their mother right now. So you got to make those efforts. You got to understand that if you don't, if you want to start after, this is what gets young relationships in so much turmoil. I want to learn how to become a boyfriend in the moment. Nope. You got to know, you got to be so, that's what God put in my heart. And this is not, this is not, I am not the prototype, it's Jesus. But you got to know that if you're not working on you now, you're toxic to throw up on somebody later on. So he wants to tell you right now, okay, are you working on you now? Well, God, why don't you give me the girlfriend? No. That's what kills us in faith. Well, once you give me the money, then I know what to do with it. Once you give me the job, God, then I can have faith in you. Absolutely not. We have to believe beyond doubt. That's, you know what, God, none of this makes sense. But you know what? In the faith language, it's not supposed to make sense. So let me just go out there and believe you. This will empower you to discern. Not your mom, not your grandma, not your friend. It will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes beauty of having a renewed mind when you go out there and pain tries to attack you i know you're but you're supposed to attack me we had a young man that we went up to go his uh well basically the head pastor's son up in gates of heaven church his father passed away due to covid and i spoke to him after everything and i said how you holding up man he said you know what everyone's kind of like I feel bad. I'm with you, man. I'm praying for you, you know. And he's like, I'm, not, I'm going through some stuff. But I'll be honest with you, though, Ken. I looked at the whole equation, and I asked myself, if my father stayed here, did that define God's goodness? So I was like, I was sitting there like, bro, I just preached for like five hours right now, bro. What was that? Throw it all out the window, man. <laughs> you just brought fire right now. But he goes, but God's goodness isn't defined by that. The fact that I was able to be with him and cherish moments with him and live with him and learn from him. He goes, you know, now that I get to see it from a different angle, even though he's not here anymore, it doesn't mean God is not one inch less good. He's still very much good. It's hard to process how good God is when you are in the thick of, of life's trials. It's hard to say, God, you're a great God. Because you know what? Sometimes you're taught to worship that way. Like, just listen. Just go to the heavens and say it. But the reality is you don't believe it. And we get stuck in that as young people. Just say it. Declare it. 
yeah, it's one thing to declare it, but it's one thing for your heart to say, you know what, this is true. And I'm going to live that out. Christians, modern-day Christians, have perfected how to say things appropriately but not live them. This is what Jesus told us to avoid in the Pharisees. Do as they say, don't do as they do. So we have to develop not only a vocabulary, but a lifestyle from this. The next slide, please. This mindset that we're talking about here in Romans comes from a lack of understanding of who we are and whose we are. In other words, identity. Well, you're not able to truly pray from a position where the word the Lord says that you are seated in heavenly realms, you are seated in heavenly places. When you can't pray that way, you feel like you're always praying from a position of hell, of torment, of pity me, woe is me, no one's here to save me. And that victim role keeps you almost kidnapped in lack of production, lack of fruit, lack of growth, lack of maturity. But when that mindset is renewed, when you renew that mindset, let me tell you something. A lot of y'all used to pray to God based on how your mother or father prayed to God. But now that you're knowing God, you're talking to him a whole different way. It's one thing to someone to, for someone to tell you about somebody. It's one thing for you to get to know that somebody. And that's what I love with Jesus. Jesus, Jesus he said, you know what? I'm going to die and I'm going to make a direct access to me. You can come to me now. Renew your minds, renew your hearts, and talk to me now. Let's have conversation. God wants you to have identity. You know why? Because 24-7 on this earth, you are in battle. You are at war. And we somehow think when I'm in the confines of my home, I'm all right. Sometimes we're in the confines of our most comfort, comfortable areas, and all of a sudden the devil attacks. And we say, hold on, you can't come here. Only in a church setting or like a, a, a work setting you can come after me. No, he comes after you 24-7. So if the identity is not there and the devil just simply touches you, all bets are off. So my question is, when adversity strikes, how are you praying? Now, we could talk about severe adversity. Right now, this past week, like I was talking before, my wife was in the hospital. My father was in the hospital. I had so many things I had to look after. I wasn't working because I'm, I'm attending to certain things. Oh, my God. I got to be impulsive. No, you got to be still and know that I am God. We got to be absolute. See, what we practice is the fidgety Christianity where it's like, well, he wants me to go, but God wants me to go because I know God. No, 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 no. You got to understand there's times where God says, lift up your rod and open up that Red Sea and walk. There's some time where he says, stop moving and listen. And if we can't identify each of those two different things, we're going to confuse them. So your prayers that are supposed to be practical and powerful are futile and aren't doing what they need to be doing. So you have to look at this, that if my root is firmly in the ground, if I'm planted next to a stream and my leaf will never wither, like Psalms 1 says, if I believe that in my life, whatever I'm going to bring to heaven, whatever I'm going through, heaven has a response. It has an answer. Let's go to the next slide. This brings us to our next practical prayer, which is found in beautiful chapter of Matthew 6, 5 through 15, Amplified Version. It says here, the prayer, this is the title of this, what Jesus brings to the disciples on a Sermon on the Mount, and he says, prayer, whenever you pray, be sincere and not like pretenders who love the attention they receive while praying, but for others in meetings and on the street corners. 
I always tell people that, I, that I'm teaching, that I'm loving on, that I'm mentoring, whatever you want, having a conversation with, there's no need to do the show. God does not answer your prayer faster because you're using more vocabulary. As a matter of fact, he's waiting for you to shut up. Okay, I get it. Here we go. Okay, okay, here we go. God Almighty exalted in the heavens, Almighty God for the rain and the stars. And okay, you done yet? Well, I know what you want already. Oh, but Ken, I'm paying homage to my God. Are you really? Is he your father or is he someone that you, that's someone that's instructed you to approach him in that way? And what happens is when those prayers are continuous and there's no answer, you start diminishing the names. He goes from 15 names to 10 names to two names to just, all right, God, you listening? You got to keep it. Listen, if there's anyone on this globe or on this universe that knows what's going on and what's happening in you is God. The word even says, who knows the spirit of another man? Also, I don't, so I'm looking at May right now. You thinking about Oreos? I don't know. I don't know what she's thinking about. That, that's divinity. That's, 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 I got to believe that she's talking with God. I can't guess it, but guess what? God's looking right there and says, I know everything you're going through. So people are like, but I don't know how to talk to him. Really? What are you feeling right now? Anxious. Talk to him about that. Believe me, they've already received their reward. Keep going. However, when you pray, I have a question. Who's, who's you? But think about it. In, in the context of the verse, who's you? Disciples. He ain't talking to random people. He's not talking to random. Oh, uh, uh, but you in the corner, you, uh, Bob, come over here. You want you? No. He is distinguishing people who pray religiously versus his children. Do you understand that? If I walked into Arlie's home right now and her dad walked up to me and said, there's some rules in this house. I'm like, bro, I have, don't know your rules because I am not your son. Where's going to have rules? God has certain ways, certain connections, certain things, certain ways that he connects and he transmits what he wants you to know. So he goes, when you, my children, go into your room, he says, go in the innermost chamber, find that closet, and be alone with Father God, praying to him in secret. And your father who sees all you do will reward you openly. And when you pray, there's no need to repeat empty phrases. Praying like the Gentiles do. Keep going. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. One prayer changed my whole life. God, break my bad habits. But can you got to put some tang, some zest on that. It's got to be like, you know, you got to bring heaven to earth. You got to shout. Everything you've seen here today was because I said that for six months straight. But they don't want you to know that. They want you to be stuck and glued to religion. Because if you shout louder and if you cry and if you wail, God will hear you. There's no more bronze. There's no more closed heavens. Everything is open now. All he wants is a son or a daughter who's sincere. All I desire is someone who looks desire. What does he say? Don't boast in riches. Don't boast in wisdom. Don't boast in strength. If you want to boast in one thing, the Bible says, boast in that you know me. There is no need to imitate them since your father already knows what you need before you ask him. So why pray? My question to you, why are you holding it? If he knows, why are you holding on to it? You know why? 
because when we know that he knows and we don't pray to him, it's because we still want to remain in control of the outcome. We still believe that I can control this. But when I know he knows and I say this, you know what that's called? There's a one word for that called humility. Surrender. The next slide, please. Pray like this. Our beloved Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center of which your life, our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause every purpose to be fulfilled here on earth. This is a passion translation, but to keep it real simple, bring heaven to earth right now, Lord. You know how many times one of your prayers just need that? God, I know you got a whole deposit of peace up there. I need that peace right now. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how it comes. I don't know how it manifests, but I need that right now. I want that peace. Be persistent now, right? The word says keep, keep knocking, right? God, I want that peace. I want that peace. Oh, life's trial. I want that peace. Demand. I want that peace. Oh, but you can't. I want that peace. Brother or sister walks in. Oh, you prayed enough. Congratulations. I want that peace. I'm not going to. This is what my father knows what I need right now. He knows that I need peace right now. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause every purpose to be fulfilled on earth. Keep going, Nicole. Just as it is in heaven. Do you know one of our biggest flaws in prayers is we pray based on a past existential emotional, I guess, happiness that we had? In other words, we pray. Let's just say five years ago you were making $10,000 a month. You were uh, thriving with your relationships. You pray to go back to that. God's like, that's not happiness. You got to pray for heaven to come. Why are you praying to go back to a place that you weren't even really happy in? Oh, but five years ago, my girlfriend loved me and I was doing well. That's not what it was. You're not going back to anything. You're moving forward to something. So just as it is in heaven, not when it was, not when it looked like, just as it is in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider. God, you will provide in this season. I don't see it. I don't understand it. But you're going to provide. All we need, not every week, not every paycheck week, every day. That's one thing I love about my father. My father's that guy. Listen, my father, guys, you ever heard his testimony yet? My man was broke, serving the kingdom. And he pulled up to a gas station and went next to a pump and didn't even connect it. And he prayed and said, Father, I need gas. And his tank filled up. That can't be made up. But it's what you're willing to shatter. It's what you're willing to break, what you see, what you know, your mindset, everything you deem, well, it's impractical. Great, that's kingdom work. Then go and believe in it. Go move and believe that God can do the impossible. So sometimes, guys, I want you to remember this. There are going to be times where you have no way to provide resource, but you say, you're my provider. That's the best place to be. And if you're in that every single day, you're you're in blessing. You're my provider. But Ken, you know, you got to just make sure this and that. God's my provider. I do my part. I do my stewardship. I manage my finances. I manage my life, my time. But he is my overall provider. If your mindset can always be that God is the alpha provider in your household, oof, the devil's going to hate you. 
You know why? Because he can't make you fall in the category where the love of money is the root of all evil. That means you are free from that. That means you can't be tempted by that. That's one thing God revealed to me real quick. The tithe and the offering, I'm like, mm, that's not even debated with me. When I get paid, first thing I think, I'm going to calculate, boom, put that in the calculator, that goes. Thank God now, because before we had to do it with straight cash, so it took me like four days. But like now, quick pay, boom, dad received that to the church, go put it where it has to go, go allocate those resources, let's do it. All your faith, all those things you guys have been doing, we had shirts now, thank God we were able, we were able to rent that bus. What we're doing in the field, the craziness, guys, this is practical prayers in action. Number 12, forgive us for the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. This is a really hard prayer. Because it starts off like, you know, forgive, you know, forgive the wrongs that we have, but because we've also forgiven other people. We tend to forget that second part, right? Forgive me, Father, for I've offended you. What about the brother you offended? Well, he'll get over it. It's not the way it works. This is why, guys, the gospel is so beautiful, so precious, but the teachings are very hard. Can you imagine, guys, right now? Be real with me. If we're talking, we're having these great conversations, and I'm like, Shermaina, I'm the bread of life. <laughs> like, Jesus did that. And then the, all of them had every real bit. They were like, yo, do you, do you say bread? Like, like, bun, like bread, like, like sandwich? Jesus, real quick, could you just clarify a last statement? This is a hard thing to understand. But he wasn't lying. He is that. The question is, are you willing to believe that? The next one. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. You know why sometimes we don't pray this one? Because we love the evil we're entertaining. God, I'm watching porn. Get me out of this after. When I'm done and I'm, I'm satisfied and I got my, then save me. Rescue us every time we face tribulation. Stay firm. What does the word say? About resisting the devil? You guys know that word? Submit to God. And the devil will flee. First submit, right? God, you're my strong tower. You're my, you're my bronze wall. You got this. Let's do this. You're going to get me out of this. And set me free from this evil in front of me. It's a prayer that we don't say over ourselves, right? How often are you using the word evil in your prayers, right? I mean, you can say bad. You can say devil attack. But all evil is pursuing you day and night. I love it. I see in like the Justice League movie, she was like, oh, it, it stopped. And she goes, evil doesn't stop. It just sleeps and waits for the opportunity. Never going to stop. If you're not praying this, he's coming after you. He's looking for you. He's digging for where you're, you're letting your guard down. That's why he's roaming like a lion, right, Arlie? But you need the lion of Judah. You need that lion, that, that great lion, that alpha lion to step in there and take over. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. This is also a very simple word, but sometimes we don't believe he's king. It's like that a phrase I heard one time. We all want to make Jesus our savior, but not our Lord or king. 
So when I feel good that someone's saving me, but now I gotta be subject to you? Oh, Keep going. Next slide, please. So when our identity is correctly, correctly founded and rooted in Christ, we must now become aware of God's promise and what he has called us to do. So we go from the mindset to identity. Now you're in promise territory. You know, now you're in, the, you're, in, you're in a place where this is what God's word says and this is his promise. How could you possibly know what the promise of God is if you don't read his word? Well, I heard in church one day from Pastor So-and-so that God's promise is, no, you got to know it in your heart. You know why? Because if you're not around Pastor So-and-so, you're going to forget. That's what you got to get in your word every day. Hold up. I got to read, I got to read, I got to read. I got to get this in me. I got to absorb it. I got to eat it. Next slide, please. This leads us, I believe, to our next practical prayer that's found in Romans 4, 16 through 25. Honey, if you could do me the pleasure. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations, in the presence of him who he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Can we stop right there? Wait, say that again. Go back to that verse, that last part. I want you to say that again. God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Do you know what your faith challenges, challenges you to do every single day? To call out things that maybe nobody sees, but you see it. And when you're supposed to be a pioneer of faith, you end up becoming one of those people who just, okay, well, I guess it is what it is. It didn't happen. Are you willing to step out like that? To be that one random person in a room who's surprisingly and awkwardly calm? How do you think you're going to attract people to the kingdom of God if that peace is not living in you? What would they want from you, Arlie? Well, she dresses really well. That's not what they want from you. They want what he has put in you. Keep reading. Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, hmm. according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Isn't that, isn't that weird? So contrary in hope, but in hope. Guys, you see, this is another part why we don't do practical prayers. It's because we feel like we're hopeless. But you're supposed to feel that. Contrary to the hope you see, I'm still going to hope. So what we wait for is the feeling of hope to kind of catapult us, to impulse us, to believe in hope, and then eventually have hope. No, you hope for what is unseen. You have the odds against you, but I'm still going to believe it. That's what faith truly is and how it's determined. Faith isn't what you say loud in other people. Faith is what you physically perform, what you give, what you show. In this case, it's okay to be hopeless. We heard that in the Bible, right? God, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Love that verse, but it's true. Keep going. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. Mm. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did Wait, not sorry. 
So the word says he did not consider. So what does that mean? So I'm looking at it, but it's not part of my equation of faith. We will see what we see first and then determine what type of faith comes from us. Well, Sarah, let's have a conversation. Let's be real. You're old. I'm old. It ain't happening no more. 100 years old. I mean, he saw it, right? It's true. He wasn't, he wasn't talking lies. He saw what he saw. But he said he didn't consider that, though. Guys, you cannot bring rational measures into a faithful act because it'll always be the variable that destroys your equation. It could be A through Z, but if you constantly do that, your faith will be destroyed. Keep reading, honey. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that when he had promised, he was able to perform. What he had promised, he was able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Real quick, and being fully convinced that what he was, pro- what he had promised, he was also able to perform. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, the promise is there, but I don't think I can do it right now. Oof, that you got to know that your God is able and willing. That's the that's the deadly enemy towards the devil himself. That he is able and willing. That's powerful. But in the moment when the trees are falling on me and the storm, the skies are getting dark, we're like, well, if he really was able, would he leave, even prevent, even allow this to happen? Don't let that be your mindset. But if he loved me so much, why did it get dark? That's replacing his goodness, his sovereignty, his greatness, who he is. You're redefining who he is. But the fact is, you got to say, okay, you know what, this sucks, but he's faithful and able to perform. I'm not. This is going to be hard for me, but he can do it. And every single biblical character that you read about in that Bible has done that. I have reached my limit, what I can do. But I know he's able to perform what he promised. Keep going. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Hmm. Everybody. Everybody. So he's the father of faith for what he did. But all of you now fall in this category. If you believe, if you believe what God said over you, the promise over your life, that comes to you now. You're credited as righteous now before God and that faith you do. Think about that. When was the last time, and be real with me, when was the last time you really prayed in a posture of absolute faith? I'm not talking about percentage. You know, we've prayed in percentages. Let's just say it's a pie chart, right? Maybe we were like 80% needing a miracle, but like the 20%, we're kind of like working behind the scenes controlling it, right? I'm talking about saying, you know what? When we were with my wife and you guys joined us in prayer, I couldn't do anything about that. I'm not a doctor. I could have been like, let me get in that womb real quick. Let me separate these two babies. I, I, I couldn't do that. But I could believe in the one who was able to. My father going to the hospital for the umpteenth time. Sucks. I can't do anything about that. But I can believe that God is able to perform. Do you believe he's able to perform 
way past everything you're able to perform. It takes a lot. That's why you got to practice it. That's why you see some you see some believers who are out there straight up moving mountains. And you see some believers who are straight up moving anthills because that's how they practice. They don't they don't believe it. They don't practice it. They say it, but they don't do it. They have it somewhere locked in their in their mind, but they don't execute it. Let's go to the next slide. When we are aware of his promise, now that we know that we're credited as righteous because of our faith in, in God, we must now become alert of evil's plot against us. This is where it gets real. This is where, like I said before, this is where you got to understand that you have an ad- adversary who does not like anything about you. Now, I'm not saying that people who, like those people who pray against the devil every single day, like the devil's doing this, the devil's doing that. Obviously, there's things that we do that incite that, but I'm talking about knowing that there is an adversary, not only against your life, but against your brothers. And that's why intercession prayer, right? I love what Shermaine did on Saturday. She texted me on the way up, and the simple request of, what can I pray for before you go up there and speak? And I said, I'm happy to say the intercede. You know, that's one thing I was taught. I had to go intercede a whole entire service back there one time for my aunt. And I'm like, am I done yet? <laughs> But the crazy part was that that was, she told me, she goes, you have no idea what you're doing in the celestial realms when you intercede and pray and you wage war against those devils and those demons and those, and those principalities and whatnot. The next, that leads to our next practical prayer. Nicole, if you can bring up the verse. These are a bunch of verses. And I want you guys to take these verses and really understand them tonight because a lot of them you've heard already, but you haven't really understood how to apply them. The first one is found in Isaiah. Actually, real quick, does anyone know what Isaiah 54, 17 says before it comes up there? No, you can't read it, Nicole. <laughs> no one on top of your man? Well, peekaboo. Go ahead, show it, Nicole. No weapon formed against me, transferred against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of your servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. I love this verse. Why? Because it doesn't say that the weapon won't be made. The pistol, the gun, the sniper, the bazooka, you will see it, but it won't prosper against you. And sometimes we ask God, well, why did you even let him make it? Why did you even let the devil step into my household? Well, guess what? Because he wants to teach you through actual action that you can look it in the face and say that's not going to prosper. I love it. Robbie Dawkins had this testimony that he shared, which is so powerful. And he said one day they were evangelizing in the Middle East. And he's walking, and he sees, he sees these two police guards approaching them very violently. And he says he put a gun, rifle, right to his nose. And he said, let me look at your camera, what you're recording. And as he's looking to the camera, which he's finding evangelism, praying for the sick, miracle signs and wonders, he was like, I guess my time is up. And he said to him, he looked him in the face, and the only thing that he could possibly think of to say in the moment was, may the peace of Christ be with you. He said when he said that, his hands trembling, the gun went down and says, get out of here. The weapons, do not be misunderstood, are formed against you. They are formed. The enemy, the word says we are not unaware of his schemes, correct? So the weapons are being forged. They're being created. The devil has missionaries and and devils coming after you. He's rallying his troops, having meetings in the depths of hell, saying, I need you to go after all these people who are announcing the gospel. He told you that they would do that, but he told you they wouldn't prosper over you. 
our biggest fear is encountering our enemy when God says you're supposed to be encountering him because I need you to win people. That's our biggest fear about evangelizing. We want to somehow evangelize the soul but not going against the enemy. They're both in the same body, guys. You got to decide. You got to differentiate. I see the person, but I know something is in there trying to stop them. When a believer can fully mature in that area, it is so amazing to watch them operate. Because they can get, like, Tawai, you can curse them all you want, but he's like, I'm looking right at you, devil. Go ahead, I'm not even paying attention to this person anymore. See, you and I right now, I know what you're doing. And I'm not going to be shaken by your lies and your screams. That's why I love Jesus, man. Oof. You just walk in the room and like, oh, my God, he's here, bro. Just walk in there. I mean, think about it. The, the devil is the demons pleaded with Jesus to throw him into a group of pigs versus hell. Love you, Jesus. Oh, you like, go. <laughs> like, oh, man. Like, I just, I read the Bible, and I'm just like, Jesus. Like, I, however I got to die to myself, I want to get to that point. Not even to sound good, I want to free people from those principalities and those liars that have them condemned. Like, get out of her. Get out of him. Man, I first saw that in Venezuela. Oof. Like, this is what happened to me in Venezuela. It was the craziest experience. Um, my, my, my mother, my father, and I were ready to pray for, like, a crowd of, like, call like 200 people. And I'm in there, bro, and I'm just like, we're going at it. And this one guy is like foaming at the mouth, running at me. And he's like right here yelling in my face. Yo, I did like a sonic boom, so like Hadouken to this guy. And I'm like, get out of him. My man went flying back. And I'm just like, Lord, I don't know what happened to him. I'm going to turn my back real quick. I'm going to believe that you did something back there. Yo, no joke. I see this dude as I'm ministering. He's just like this. Like nothing happened. And I'm like, that's the power that I want to see. Not for me. I know you can do it, God, but I'm just the messenger. That's, that guy was completely just demonized. But Christ stepped in, changed the whole outlook. And he was praising God. How beautiful is that? Is that our goal? Or do we want people to think that we sound good and look good and feel good and Anyone know what James 1.19 says? Go for it. Yeah. You know the little last part? <laughs> no, very well. Very well done, Kobe. Go ahead, Nicole. You can put it up. This is one of the first verses that I had to memorize. My dearest brothers and sisters, take this to heart. Be quick to listen, but slow to speak. Real quick, how many people in this room can really say they've been doing this every single day of their life? Nope, don't put your hand down. So, and it says, be quick, to, uh, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and be slow to become angry, for human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. But Kenny... Let me explain to you the scenario of why I got mad. Break it down, boo-boo. What you get? Why'd you get mad? Okay, well, now that you ask, so now you can take this word and, you know, no. Doesn't matter what the scenario is. You need to be slow. Put it this way. When you pray over this yourself, you are the wild bronco, not them. We look at them as a wild horse, like, oh, my God, someone's got to put a saddle on this guy. No. You put a muzzle on your mouth, and you control yourself. How do I do it, Ken? Holy Spirit. 
don't read, they don't pray. That's why you got to have relationship with him. Because you know what he does? He doesn't only come with rebashanda and, and, and fire. He comes with whoop. Don't do it, kid. Don't. You don't want to do it, kid. You don't. I can't stop. You don't want to do it. Trust me. But, 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 God, but, 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 I know, I know, I know. You're not the first person I ever deal with before. I've done this over a quadrillion billion times. Trust me, you don't want to do this. It always works out. The next slide, please, Nicole. So this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, not the insults and the anger of other people, which has been implanted within our nature for the word of life has power to continually deliver us. Yes, I'm broke and I'm rich. Nope, not that kind of delivery. When you want to be an angry person, it will deliver you from the helicopter. He'll come down to chopper, bro. Come on, grab the ladder. Let's get out of here, bro. You're going to make a fool of yourself. Okay, God, I'm out. We out. That's it. Leave. But you know what it is? And I dealt with this. and I still deal with this so much. I want them to know my side of the argument, though. Right? Thank you. Hey, we got, we got one person here who's being real, right? I know I'm supposed to be quiet early, but I want you to know why I think you're stupid. Is that, isn't it, am I getting too harsh now? I just want to let you know, Shermaine, that you are smart, but I'm smarter. Retaliation in this nature is never productive to God's righteousness. As a matter of fact, when you walk away from an argument, you say, you know what? Touche. Fine. The word says, oof. I got to make sure I get this right. Kindness to your enemy is like putting a heap of coals over their head. They just don't get why you're doing it. It irritates him. Like, why are you being nice to me? We're supposed to hate each other. This is not the way of life. You're supposed to yell at me. I yell at you. We shout. We depart. But I yelled. I got crazy. I overreacted. But you stayed. Your countenance didn't even change. How so? I practice yoga. No, you don't. You have Jesus. You have the living Jesus who lives in you, who walked on this earth, resurrected, and lives in you now. See, it's not about us. Us, me, Arlie, we'll go at it all day. I'll find a way to make it happen. But me and Jesus? All right, God, you got this. I don't want to go down this, because this, I know where I'm going to be in, you know. 2 Corinthians 2, I have 11 there, but we're going to start from verse 10. If you freely forgive anyone for anything, then I also for forgive him. And if you have, and if I have forgiven anything, I did so for you before the face of Christ, so that we would not be exploited by the adversary Satan, for we know his clever schemes. Next time you're praying over a situation that's live action, you got to be like, where is the scheme here? Where is he trying to sneak in right now? I wonder why my coworker's pissing me off right now. So interesting. I wonder why my boss is writing me right now. He's asking me to hold these things right now. I wonder why I got to do all this stuff right now. Maybe someone, not this person, is trying to get me mad. Maybe somebody, like John 10 says, is trying to kill, rob, and destroy my peace right now. 
Maybe. Nah, perhaps not. Maybe just me. It's always that scenario. Guys, people don't know exactly what they're inflicting. The demons have more of an investment there. They're just a person. And if they are conquered by a spirit or something, it's the spirit moving them to do that. So maturity comes in and says, although what you're saying I'm not happy about, I'm going to keep it real with you. I know it's not you. And I'm going to listen and test what is be quick to listen. When you're quick to listen, and when you're, listen, I learned that from Honda, if you keep listening and listening and listening and listening and listening, one day what's going to happen? You're going to hear the source. So why do you not like me? I wonder, God, if I keep listening, I'm going to find the answer out. All you do is pray. <laughs> I got you. So you don't like the spirit living in me, not me, so to speak. All you do is talk about Jesus. So what about Jesus hurts you? Do you something happen to you in church? Boom. Evangelize him. There's always a there's always a way. There's always a way, a method. But it's up to us if we're willing to go through the forest, the, the weeds with the you gotta grab a machete, right? And just cut through all those weeds. And finally, you get to the heart and say, this is why I was here. But what happens to a believer who is impulsive, who's angry, who moves by emotion? Well, God, I tried. And then they said the F word to me, and I ran out. Well, you weren't there for my purposes, and you were there for your own. Because the word says that your insults also fall on me. So whatever you're going through, I'm just using you as a vessel. Never forget that you are the clay. He is the potter. Never forget that. And if he so chose to make you a little tiny cup in a big environment for a day, be a tiny cup. Next slide, poor favor. The next practical prayer we're going to get into, and then this one, the last category, is Ephesians 4, 25 through 31. So discard every form of dishonesty and lying so that you will be known as one who always speaks the truth. You know what happens with this verse is that we like to get aggressive when we're right. You know, you ever heard of the whole thing where you're, you're speaking truth, but you're so nasty about it, the truth is just diminished now? Like, I can tell you the truth right now, Arlie. But if I'm disgusting and aggressive and, and using all these erroneous words, what does the truth mean at that point? So it's the character and the truth go hand in hand. John 1.14, love, grace, and truth. For we all belong to one another, but don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Don't let anger control you or be fuel for revenge, not even for a day. You see, we, we kind of, okay, real quick. We all know this subconsciously and internal somewhere. It's rattling around. But do we practice it? I mean, don't let the passion of your emotions. You know, sometimes you being overly passionate could be something that becomes your own worst enemy. You got to learn to even contain the passion that leads you to acquire and fulfill dreams. Did you know that? Because if you're so, if you're so anchored on the passion, the devil can step right in. Well, it's easy. This is your goal? Great. We're going to make sure you fly with this one. But are you willing to say, you know what, man? I love my goal. I love my dreams. I love my determination. But you know what? Sometimes I'm going to put a pause just to make sure and register who I am doing this for. 
That's where God spoke to me in the beginning. Ken, do you want fame or do you want to know me? Which one do you want? I low-key want fame. Everyone told me that I was supposed to preach in front of 10,000. One of the prophecies I got before I even became anything, you're supposed to preach in front of 10,000 youth. I'm like, whoa, we're doing this tomorrow, son? My dad's already an apostle. This is great. And that was my motive. Okay, and then you know what God did? Greatest act of all time in my life. I had like three people here and we're getting a true encounter. I don't even count Nicole, so it was like it was like two. And I'm sitting there like, and I'm preaching to like a thousand people. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna do this. They're like, woo. Like, anyone got a testimony today? Uh, oh, three, you already shared already. So, but you know what it was? I love that beginning because it taught me this is not about me. It's not about what I want to do. I don't want to be glorified. But now, guess what? We fast forward about five, six years, and now I got a team who wants to serve the kingdom. Who wins? You have to know how to put brakes on yourself, too. Because if we think that our passion is going to lead us to the kingdom of all righteousness, he's going to tell you, guess what? Your emotions are probably going to overcome you before you get there. And then what happens? Anger sets in, right? Well, I didn't achieve what I wanted to believe. I didn't want to do. I don't know what happened. I have a question. Is God's goodness still good if you didn't achieve what you wanted to? It's a rhetorical question. I'm just reframing what I said before about the young man who lost his father. We got to see God's goodness in everything. If God stops me for a reason and a purpose, I got to know that's his goodness. Don't ever take a pause from God as a setback and pointless He's doing it for a reason. Like, Laura is learning. The toughest thing that I tell my wife is, babe, you can't do anything. I saw her frustration building between yesterday, yesterday and today. She's like, let me get, nope. Oh, nope. Wash this, nope. She's like, oh, can't even, like, clean a dish? That's your cross right now. What if God put you, is putting you through that right now? What if he's teaching you right now in this season, wherever you're at? Just believe me. But can you at least give me, like, are we going south, southwest, north, backwards, forwards, vertical? Can you just give me? Nope. Does that make him less good, or is he still the same good God? Get the next verse, please. Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an opportunity to manipulate you. If any one of you has stolen from someone else, never do it again. Instead, be industrious, earning an honest living, and then you'll have enough to bless those in need. It's a really interesting verse. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. I've learned this so much recently. Y'all know that I use my, my substitute word is clown, right? So I use clown. I talk to somebody that cut me off. It's a clown. You know, and I get, like, upset. And I'm like, ah, I can't even use that, man. Because it's not so much the word I'm using. It's what I really feel inside, right? Yeah, God ministered me so much on that because I used to, I, I, I hated cursing. But then I realized I was cursing subliminally. I was like, you know, side, backdoor cursing. Like, you know, like, oh, crap, you, you freaking, freaking, freaking. You know, like, you know, I was like, I would, you know, I would use, like, those words. But what's coming inside of me was that real anger. Like, you know, when I go in my room, I go, oh, I'm going to see the real word now, you know? But he's even saying, even when you feel that, just like, bah, all right. I don't want that because that's not displaying righteousness and also is making, guys, look, come on, be real with me. When you do say it, doesn't you feel like crap? You're like, oh, my God, why did I do that? 
And I used to sit in there for like 20, 12 minutes trying to recuperate, right? <clears throat> but instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. You know, I'll give you guys a secret to leadership tonight. If you are in charge of anyone, you can guarantee this. They're going to be unstable. They're going to be immature in some areas. They're going to be sometimes unsubordinate. They're going to be sometimes annoying. They're going to be sometimes backtracking. They're going to go back, forth, left, right. They're going to be dancers, right? But all God is telling you is have grace for them, and I want you to teach them. See, everyone wants leadership because of the role that you gain and the title you get. But the reality is if God would have put a disciple right beneath you today, in this moment, would you have the grace to say, man, my dude messed up for the 75th time today. But we're going to teach him. We're going to push through with him. You know why? Fueling source? Because he did it with me first. And he's always forgiving my offenses. One of the reasons why I do what I do today It's because I feel like the young generation didn't have a voice of a person who wanted to understand them. And God always put in my heart that you're going to minister to young people. But I really thought, oh my God, I don't know what that means. Until I realized how much I love you guys, even through your, your flaws and your chaos and your struggles. And because you guys receive that love, you receive the love of the Father in God. And now that lives in you. Now a lot of you went from feeling condemned in religion now to free relationship. So it's like, you know what? If someone cares like that for me, I want to care. And now I want you guys to reciprocate that. I want you guys to look at that person, who can, that, that trained, who barely could, who couldn't do it. And I want you to push them over the top. And sometimes, guys, you might not even see it in your lifetime. Insert Jesus Christ. He invested all his blood, his time, his sweat in these young men. And when he died, it was only but one there. But when he died... And they received that spirit. It was a wrap for the world. The time had come. The kingdom of God would advance with power and miraculous signs outside of Jesus Christ, but in the ones that he taught and gave his spirit to. So your job is to find a young person and help them get to that goal. You know why? Because yeah, yeah, that young person already has a thousand people saying no to him or her. If you could be the voice that, ins that inspires them, Speak beautiful things over them. I'm not telling you to fabricate their life. Such a strong worker. Hasn't been at work in 17 days. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, you know what? You haven't worked. What's bothering you? Talk to me about it. What's, what about work is struggling with you? Uh, let's get to the root of that and let's see if we can create a new system, a new way for you to succeed. And when I heard that Shermaine won her license, I'm like, listen, let's make it happen. She made it her job, did my job. Nicolas now is in the next boat. And then Stephen came out of the woodwork. He's like, boy, I want to drive too. So I was like, you know, and then it's in one day, Carlos and I spoke. You know what? I do need Bible study. Let's do it, bro. Look at that. We, we, Carlos and I's conversation triggered a whole male movement of Bible study in this church. So now, you see, you see what's happening? It's, it's almost like my wife has taught way in the beginning. We got to fill those needs and be intentional about feeling, filling those needs. What we do is we give the scraps to people. All right, I'm done with the whole day. What's your problem? All right, talk to the therapist about that. Come back to me when you're good. Did Jesus ever tell you that? What type of leader are you? Until you perfect this, I don't want to see your face. He didn't say that. He said, no, keep coming back to me, all those who are weary, who are burdened, 
who are tired, who are struggling. Come to me. I'm going to help you get through this. Let's wrap it up with these final declarations over your life. So last area we must continually pray over is ourselves, our hearts. Um, we're going to say these five prayers. I'm going to just pick random people in this room to, to look up these verses. And you're going to read them. So if you can go to the first, the next slide, please, Nicole. Uh, I am a child of God. It's Shermaine, if you can go to First John 3, 1 through 2. Rafi, if you can go to 2 Timothy 1, 7. Uh, let's go with Brian. Can you give me Romans 8.37? Carlos, if you can give me 2 Corinthians 5.17. And let's do... Hmm, who do I... Crystal, Philippians 4.19. Yeah, uh, you can do any version you want. I didn't put any version. So the first verse I'm going to read right here is, I am a child of God. Do you know how many times you got to repeat that over your life, over your day? I am not a child of chaos. I'm not an agent of chaos. I'm not a production or a product or a fruit of chaos. I am now a child of God. Shermina, please read us 1 John 3, 1 through 2. Mike, please, yeah, because we're recording this, yeah. I'm going to read it in Amplified. Great. Um, See what an incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us, that we would be permitted to be named and called and counted the children of God. Mm. And so we are. For this reason, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, we are even here and now children of God, and it is not yet made clear what we will be after his coming Mm. we know that when he comes and is revealed we will as his children be like him because we will see him just as he is in all his glory well you know why the world doesn't know you and doesn't agree with you because they don't know who you are they don't you don't see you the way god sees you you are a child of god but they don't see that so you can't be like, hey, listen, uh, my name's uh, Kenny. Can you make me a sandwich? Child of God. It's for free. So you can just thank you very much. Child of God. So we're free. And, uh, oh, Kobe, uh, can you just rewrite my insurance and just put Child of God on that and just no payments? You see what I'm saying? It's, like, it's not a card you use. It's a weapon you use to bring back the souls that God has commended you, who has put you in front. And it says we have the privilege. Do you guys know, contrary to many preachings and many things you see on Facebook, not everyone is a child of God? fact people who don't accept christ in their heart you're not a child of god oh, but he created he created you but you're not his child see that's the difference and we're kind of like yeah but i don't really understand that when you're a child of god you're selected you're anointed you're covered you're sealed you're empowered there's so many beautiful things that come with it first practical prayer that you say over yourself i am a child of god number two who has that rafi right you give him the mic real quick let's read it out loud rafi what version you in? Amplified. Great. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, timidity, timidity. or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, yes. abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Ooh. 
You know how many times we find ourselves in common situations and we're declaring over ourselves, I got the old spirit. So no, you don't. You do not have the old spirit. You are no longer of that spirit. You are of a new spirit. So what was that? Read that again for me, Rafi. You are of what? A sound mind. Read right, right, right those three things that we've been given right there. He has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. Personal discipline. So once, listen, for everyone who's not in Christ watching on Facebook, listening on the podcast, sitting here, if you are poor in, in discipline and stewardship in Christ, God's made you great at it. Oh, well, my dad, listen, your dad, your mom, your grandma, your aunt, your uncle, they might be struggling, but let me tell you something. You're in Christ now, so you are an ambassador, you are a child, and you've been given the inheritance. That comes from fruit. Produce with him. And I love that verse because if you combine I am a child of God and I've been giving a new spirit, those two already are just declaring power over you. And sometimes you gotta say it out loud, you gotta just whisper it again, remind yourself, man, I'm gonna argue with my mom for the 17th time today. Oh my god, my boss is doing this again. I'm a child of God. Peace. They don't know what's going on. I know I have that peace. We're gonna make this happen. I have a spirit now. It's not of anger. It's not confusion. But if it's a sound mind. Uh, number three, I believe it's Carlos, right? No, who's three? Yes, Brian. What version are you in, Brian? Passion. Passion translation for all you podcasters. Yet even in the midst of all things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us be more than conquerors. And he has demonstrated love in our glorious victory over everything. In our glorious victory over what? Over everything. Everything. You are more than a conqueror. I always thought, Mike, I don't get it because I feel like a conqueror is already good enough. But what's more than a conqueror? You know, I was like, are you like, you know, you're more than that. You're more than what you think. You're more than what you put in your mind. You're, you're more than your capacity level to understand. Because sometimes you win a battle and you're like, that's... That's the greatest thing. No, you're more than that. Sometimes you overcome the life's biggest trial. What? You're more than that. Sometimes you, you, you fasted for 40 days. You're still more than that. Think about that. We just stay at the victory, right? We stay at the victory. We're like, yes, did it. Read the Bible. You're more than that. More than the, what else? Read it again. Again? Again and again and again. Get, get me in you, right? The next one, my past does not define me. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Carlos, what version are you in? I'm sorry? Uh, amplified. Amplified. Love it. All right. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old, previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Wow. Do you know how many of us believe in the power of resurrection of our old man versus the power of resurrection of what Christ did in us? We actually go to our old man. We're like, I know you passed away, but you're still here. No, you're not. You're dead. You're passed on. I'm new. I'm a new creation. What does that mean? Guys, have you ever gone, uh, for instance, so... This is the first time ever with Laura or my life that I ever bought a new car. Always been given other cars, stuff like that, right? When I got into the Acura, 
I walked in there, I'm just like, well, I got a lot to learn here, man, because Bluetooth and all these systems and alerts and all these things. I'm sure, Crystal, we jumped in your car. Actually, your car is a better example. We jumped in that car. I'm like, girl, you got stuff happening all over the place over here. It was new. Were you familiar with it right away? Took you a little bit to get used to it, right? That's the same thing with your new Christ, your new being in Christ. You're not used to it. Why? Because you were used to the paranda. You're used to the crazy. You're used to the drinking. Now you're like, this is brand new, but I'm going to go and make it an intention to get used to this. But what happens, comfort is so much better to run back, right? Yeah, so it's a lot of unknowns out there. Mm-hmm. Just going to chill here until God sends me and God gives me a word. That's <laughs> what we kind of do, right? No, he's like, that's a new body. He tells you, I understand what you feel. I know it feels awkward. I know it feels weird. I know you don't want to pray for people, but trust me, you keep doing it, you're going to see I can't even stop you at one point. <clears throat> And the final one, God will supply for all my needs. Crystal, my friend, what version are you reading it from? Passion Translation, love it. Okay, I am not, oh, sorry. I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have, for I have seen the abundant riches and glory revealed to me through Jesus Christ. Read that again. (laughs) Go ahead, read, read again, read again. God will fully satisfy every need you have, for I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through Jesus Christ. I want you to know something. Let scarcity come near you sometimes. Let those moments where resources are not abundant. Why? Because one of the most ultimate testimony you can give to one person one day is what Paul says here. I saw it, and I believe he'll give you, I believe what he can do. I believe the riches he has toward for you. I believe what he has designed for you. I believe it all. You know why? Because I lived it. Sometimes we don't want to live it, but we want to preach it, right? And we sound disingenuous. Shout out to Shermaine, right? We sound, we sound like, you know, we're not authentic about it. But what we want to do is let's just talk about it. You know what's powerful? When you really live it out. And then when you speak to somebody. I was telling John, I said, John, your testimony is going to shake people, man. There are people getting ready to hear what you went through, everything you experienced. And right now, maybe not be the moment. Maybe you're still marinating. Maybe you're still recovering. But there'll be a come. There'll be a time comes, man, where you're going to be a weapon. You're going to be you're going to be someone that is going to literally capture the hearts of many people. But the thing is, do we want to live it? Who wants to live it? Well, the only way to genuinely speak about it is if you live it. That wraps up tonight's class. For everyone listening to our podcast and Hope Ministries, we appreciate you being with us. We look forward to having you here next Wednesday as we start our new series of Bible study and fasting. We love you guys very much. God bless you, and have a great night. For all those watching on Facebook, we appreciate you joining us on, on this, in, this, well, in this series. And again, we 